Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, this is the Spirit Doctor, Kelly Sparta, and you are listening to Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. Today I'm joined by Pastor G from TikTok, Reverend Grant Merrill. Grant was a fundamentalist evangelical pastor before undergoing the transformation of a lifetime. With degrees from Indiana Wesleyan University and Ashbury Theological Seminary, his deconstruction journey led him into a wide open faith as a gay ordained United Methodist pastor. Grant is passionate about bringing change to the world by encouraging others to be their authentic selves. And I have been a follow of, follower of his on TikTok for ages now, which in TikTok terms is like, you know, eight months, <laughs> maybe a year. I don't know. As long as I've been on TikTok, you were one of the first people that I found. So I had to invite him when we were going to do this Seven Deadly, Deadly Sins series. I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to Pastor G and I need to get his take on this. So I was so glad you said yes. So welcome. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm a great follower of yours as well. I'm, I'm just thrilled to be a part of the podcast. Fantastic. So now that the Mutual Admiration Society is good. <laughs> so we're starting a new series today. And, you know, I do I do series on the podcast periodically. I, I sort of painted myself into the corner with like four different series last year. I'm not going to do that many this year because holy crap, I had no room for anything. But we're doing this series. It's going to be a series of seven. Go figure. Seven Deadly Sins. Seven episodes. And uh, I specifically wanted to start today with pride because that one is the one that I've seen the most use out of in the work that I do. Let's, let's just sort of talk about the seven deadly sins in general. Um, and I'm going to say I didn't do any research on this because I was relying on you. So I'm hoping that you have a clue. 
I did. I did. No, we're good. So can you sort of give us an overview of the seven deadly sins and why they're important and things like that? Uh, don't ask me to list all seven. I probably could get all seven in this moment. But um, so the seven deadly sins are uh, really a, a piece of Christian tradition. The themes of uh, the seven deadly sins uh, are located in scripture. You can see them throughout. However, there's not a list of seven in one place uh, anywhere in the Christian or Jewish Bibles. The seven deadly sins were kind of uh, codified um, in the fourth century by the desert uh, mothers and fathers. Uh, they were ancient Christian mystics that uh, kind of ran away from uh, Roman society uh, to live out in the desert and live uh, really kind of radical, mysterious. Uh, they they really delved into the the supernatural and spiritual nature of. Um, their Jewish and Christian heritages. And so um, the uh, the person who first uh, wrote down the seven deadly sins in that form uh, uh, in the Christian tradition is a guy who, uh, we're going to test my pronunciations today, um, Ev- Evagrius Ponticus, I believe is how his name is pronounced. Um, however, the theme of uh, seven uh, deadly sins or seven virtues is actually an ancient Roman uh, uh, thing. So uh, in ancient Roman society, there were seven virtues, uh, seven things that they valued. And so uh, the desert fathers and desert mothers uh, both had seven virtues and seven sins that uh, coordinate with each other. And so we're talking about pride today. And that coordinating virtue is humility. Uh, th- this is a pre-Christian tradition that like Everything in the church uh, was adopted by the church and kind of adulterated to our own uh, purposes. And so the seven deadly sins was not a Christian tradition. It was a Roman thing that we kind of uh, uh, brought in and um, merged into our theology and practice. Great. So this is where we get the, uh, the meek shall inherit the earth and the, you know, the humility don't, and, and the pride piece. And so this is interesting because I, I did not know that they came from Roman background. So I've learned something today. I feel edified. Thank you for that. When you talk about pride and if the, if the, corresponding virtue is humility. And I want to say that those are not necessarily opposites. And in fact, in spiritual practice, they are really not opposites. And so we're going to talk about that today. But, uh, you know, the reason I picked this one for the first one is because for my people on this podcast, the people who listen, we get, you know, we had parents who were like, you know, you can't feel good about yourself, right? Or a community that said you can't feel good about yourself or, you know, a country that said you can't feel good about yourself, you know, especially if if you're a person of color listening to this in in the U.S. Holy crap, right? Okay. So, uh, you know, we, the whole pride thing gets built into that. And and it's like, well, pride is bad because you're bigger, you're you're big for your riches, right? Um, And, and the humility thing gets used as a way to beat you into submission and tell you to do what you're told and, and shut up, right? And so I wanted to deconstruct this because from a spiritual perspective, it's a very different thing, right? So I'm going to let you talk first about what your piece is, and then I'll bring mine in because otherwise I'll just talk. <laughs> 
it, and and I will say I have a very different perspective than than many uh, uh, Christians would have on on pride, and part of that is from you know I grew up in an extremely conservative fundamentalist uh, tradition, and I pastored in that tradition for eight years. And I would say that to some extent, uh, to the, to the opposite end, just as you said, you know, in the spiritual realm, pride and humility really are not, uh, opposite virtues. Um, humility, I think is, it becomes a substitute for pride. Uh, in, in the more conservative, the more right you go in Christianity, the more that, uh, humility becomes a source of pride and, uh, really, uh, perhaps is even more dangerous than, than pride itself. I mean, um, and so, uh, you know, there's a saying uh, that pride is the root of all evil. And so in some respects, pride is a perfect place to start in this list, uh, because um, within within uh, traditional or orthodox Christian theology, pride really is the root of everything uh, 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 that, that we would consider the antithesis of the kind of life uh, that, that we would want to live or should live. And, and, and really, that goes back to uh, the creation narratives, which, for the record, I, I don't, uh, I consider them poetry. I don't believe the creation narratives to be history in any in any uh, form. But uh, within Christian orthodoxy, uh, we believe that the original sin of humanity is is to want to be God. Uh, that that Eve wasn't just disobeying. That Adam and Eve, when they ate that apple, they weren't just disobeying. They were wanting to be God. Uh, you know, the serpent said to them. Um, God doesn't want you to know this. That's that's why they wanted to eat because they wanted to have the knowledge of uh, good and evil. And so, pride becomes uh, the root within Orthodox Christian theology of of um, everything that we don't want to be. Now, that being said, as as I have grown as a person and in my faith tradition uh, in the United Methodist Church, along with uh, most Christian uh, traditions, actually, we don't believe in um, uh, original sin. We believe in original goodness, that we are born divine and uh, good and that we contain the image and presence of God or the divine, but that we choose to do bad. The seven deadly sins and pride especially come into practice when we, when we start this journey down a road, uh, that tries to smash us and force us, uh, to see ourselves as less than, uh, divine. And so I have a more favorable image of pride, uh, uh, not, not, uh, in a way that when pride uh, causes damage, uh, between neighbor, uh, neighbors and when pride causes harm, um, to the environment around us, that is that is deadly sin. That is deadly uh, damage that is done. Uh, but um, pride, unfortunately, uh, has has come to mean so many things that that it was never intended to mean uh, within within Christian community. The the piece that keeps showing up for me around pride uh, in in the spiritual work that I do uh, for myself and with my my clients, my students, is the the pride that creates identity. And so there's this way in which the things that we take pride in, they become our identity and therefore they become a limiting belief. Everything, every way in which we identify ourselves is, is actually a limiting belief because it means that we are, we are less than everything and all that is. Right. And so all of our self definitions are, in fact, limiting beliefs. But the most insidious are the ones of pride, because we 
we feel good about them and we, we, we enthusiastically invest in them. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I recently, you know, one of the stories that I told years ago in the podcast was that I used to define myself and take pride in the fact that I was the most understanding person you'll ever meet. And I used to say that. And the problem is that that drew to me all these experiences that people would have for me to have to be understanding and which meant that people treated me badly because I needed to reinforce my belief that I was understanding. And the only way for me to do that is for me to have things that I needed to be understanding of show up in my life. Right. And this is why I always encourage people never, never define yourself as a survivor because you will only manifest things to you that will cause you to have reasons to survive something else. Don't define yourself as a survivor, you know, it, and, and, you know, I, this just happened with one of my students recently as well. And she was defining herself by this old belief structure. And I was like, um, <laughs> hello, you know, and, and it's like, Oh yes. You know, I used to take great pride in that. You know, she was, she, she used to take great pride in being able to make her way through situations and, and through life in dire circumstances and have no one know that that was the case. And I'm like, uh, how about you let go of that one? Cause we don't want to be manifesting those dire circumstances. Right. Yeah. So, you know, these are the, these are the sins, the sins, quote unquote, sins of pride in the spiritual world. When we look at it from that perspective, because that's what creates our limiting belief structures. It's very interesting, you know, they call them deadly sins. Do we know why they call them deadly sins? Yes. So uh, each of the seven sins that are listed, and there were originally eight, they were in in Greek uh, originally, and so the, the other didn't translate, and so the, they got lumped into seven together. Um, they are listed as deadly sins because each of these are seen as the root sins for everything under the sun. And so while while I flippantly say pride is the root of all evil, uh, the reality is, is that, you know, when we look at greed and lust and um, avarice and, uh, you know, all of these, we really can start to, uh, one of my favorite things, uh, I've, I've been in therapy for years. I love, I love my therapist. Shout out to my therapist. The feelings wheel, uh, where you've got, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, you know, you have, you have five or six emotions in the center of the wheel. And then as it expands out, there are m- many more blocks and, you know, and you can see where I may be saying, I'm feeling angry. Okay, well, that's great. But, you know, anger, anger is a good emotion. However, let's fan that out and let's see where what my actual emotion is. And, and so in some respects, uh, these seven sins, deadly sins, are, are kind of the center of this wheel. And then as you start to expand out, we see the, um, the whole of, of humanity and the way that we, um, that we create death and destruction among us, whether that be physical death and destruction or emotional or, or whatever that is, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, condense into these seven, these seven things. And so that's why they're called the seven deadly sins. Now, uh, to, to the average, that is what it should be to the average, uh, Christian, <laughs> to the average clergy person, to the medieval church. They were called the seven deadly sins, uh, and used in a sense that, that, uh, was a threat. They were used to threaten people that don't you dare do this because you will die. You will burn. You will, yes, all the things. Um, and so, 
that was the root of it. Uh, the, the Christian mystics, uh, the desert mothers and fathers, who are just fascinating individuals within Christian history, never intended for these to be a threatening list. Uh, they were intended to be ways for us to view ourselves in light of uh, the world that we create around us. Yeah. Well, and pride comes into play in another way as well. It, it is the place in which we um, we find ourselves to be special, right? Oh, I'm 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 special, and therefore I'm better than. That is one of the seductive undertones of pride is that sense of superiority that can come along with it, right? And anytime you're feeling like you're special or you're better than, you're actually feeling like you're less than. And you're compensating for feeling less than by projecting a sense of being special or better than. There's that that little niggly bit underneath there. And then there's also the righteous pride, right? And we have talked about righteousness on this this podcast a lot. But you cannot be righteous without feeling victimized first. And so righteousness comes from victimization, which the righteous pride, therefore, is a rebellion against the sense of victimization and a projection of that victimization through hatred onto someone else. And so when we look at that special or better than, when we look at that righteous pride, that's where the deadly sin piece comes in, right? And so, you know, that's, that's really, that's really where pride gets in the way, right? And so if we look at the other side, the humility side. And I'm so glad you brought these virtues in because this is going to have a whole nother layer to the conversation. I knew you were the right person to invite on the show. Thank you so much. So when we look at humility, what's your, what's your take on the humility piece? I think humility uh, is given, um, uh, gosh, what's, uh, what's the word I want? Um, a good rep, uh, you know, like I would normally, where I would normally say that's given a bad rep. rep. Humility is given a good reputation. I think that um, in in general, uh, we think that it's a good thing for us to think poorly of ourselves, um, and and that's not limited to to Christianity. Though we are the we are the masters of thinking, at least thinking that we think poorly of ourselves. I'll put it that way: saying that we think poorly of ourselves. When in reality, I think humility in and of itself is the source of so much pride within the, the Christian arena. Um, we want to believe that we're humble, but in reality, we're we're very rarely a, a humble group of people. Um, and in fact, I would say, you know, I was thinking uh, just a moment ago, you were talking about uh, pride and special and, and all these things. Um, Mr. Rogers is my favorite, my favorite of the, you know, modern saints in the world. I, I love. I, I have this secret belief that's not really so secret here, but I have this secret belief that Fred Rogers was the second coming of Christ. Oh, I, I just, I love Fred Rogers. He is, he is uh, every bit the person that I want to be. Uh, in in my life, um, but even as as wonderful as Fred Rogers was, he garnered so much hate because he dared to call everyone special. It wasn't that I'm special or that he's special, and and he was of course an ordained Presbyterian pastor, and he and I, uh, though we are in different faith traditions, have very much the same theological tradition in that original goodness, uh, not original sin. And, um, but he he garnered hate because people said, "What if 
What if everyone believed they were special? Well, that's garbage. People will feel entitled. Well, I think that's the difference. Pride is dangerous. Pride is, I am divine. I am special. While pride in the sense uh, that, that I think it should be taken is, we are all divine beings. And 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 it's not, you know, in the sense that humility would make us think that we're worms, we're garbage, we're nothing good. Pride in the positive sense says we are we are carriers of divine light and life, all of us, and that life is an opportunity to embrace that and discover that while recognizing that that's in everyone, not just me. Pride the deadly sin says I am divine and special. So, um, so humility, uh, I think, uh, gets a good reputation when it shouldn't in general. Um, we, we, yeah, it's very interesting because, um, when you said humility makes us feel bad about ourselves, I was like, you know what? I've never actually looked up the word humility and I, I believe that it is what you say it is in, in the general vernacular, but I wonder what the definition actually is. I'm, I'm terrible about this. You know, my husband got really upset at me the other day because, uh, you know, I said something and he said, well, that sounded arrogant. And I said, it's only arrogant if it's not true. And because that's the definition of arrogance, right? This is puffing, right? And and he's like, no, it's not true. And I looked it up and that's what it was. And he's like, I hate this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so just, right. And so I just looked up uh, humility while you were talking and it's it says um, a modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness. And, and the idea is and, and we see this, um, it, you know, it's even in modern day uh, mythology in terms of like Indiana Jones, only a humble man may pass down on his knees. Right. Uh, hands and knees. And so. Uh, you know, this idea that to be humbled is to be brought to your knees. And, you know, the, that's, I, I think that is also a misnomer, right? From a spiritual perspective, right? It, it's not about being humbled on your knees in, in, you know, in reverence to everything else. It's about being equal to everyone else and acknowledging that we are all divine beings and that we are all part of the all that is. We are all in the, the Christian vernacular, the children of God, right? And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I love Christ. Christ was a great master and a great teacher. And my experience of the Christian church has been that the church has entirely missed the point in most cases. And and I'm like, how can you preach this stuff and still not see it? It's it's there in black and white. It's not like it's it's subtle in any way. Love everyone. <laughs> Judge not. These are simple concepts, and yet somehow missed by a lot of the, the the churches that I have attended in my in my life, which are many and varied. And so the when we talk humility from a spiritual perspective, um, and, and this comes up a lot for me, actually, because I get I get shit all the time from from shamans who say you're not supposed to say you're a shaman. And I'm like, look, I get that in a tribal culture where everyone knows what a shaman is and who the shaman is, that the only reason to say that you're a shaman is out of hubris and pride. I do not live in a tribal culture 
where everyone knows what a shaman is, much less who a shaman is or what they should go to the shaman for. Therefore, it is it, I am required to say I'm a shaman to define it on a regular basis and to explain what it is that I do, because otherwise no one would know, right? That is not hubris and pride. That is being of service. And so, you know, this is the difference, right? It's not, it, you know, hubris and pride are uh, situational in some cases in this scenario, right? If I were to walk into a tribe and the shaman were to acknowledge me, I would never say I was a shaman ever again, right? Because I wouldn't need to, right? But here, I have to say it, right? So, you know, what defines hubris is, you know, are you, are you, you know, puffing? Are you being arrogant, right? Right? And what defines humility is, are you treating yourself as equal to others, right? not better than, not worse than, right? That's important too. You are not being humble if you're making yourself less than your fellow man or woman or non-binary, right? You are not making yourself better. That That's actually a form of hubris. Making yourself less than other people is a form of hubris. So I can be less than so I can be better than, right? Or Or it's manipulation. I can be less than so that I can manipulate you into not hurting me. So it's either hubris in in hiding or it is manipulation for personal safety. Um, but if you're truly going to walk that middle path, which is really what we shoot for, it, it, humility is about being equal and about being inclusive and about being, you know, uh, connected one to another. Right. And so, you know, these these are the things that we think about. And this is why I wanted to have these conversations. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm channeling William Shatner for some reason. <laughs> but I think I think you you really hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, within within the Christian tradition, we, we love to quote the last shall be first. And we say it jokingly, you know, like, well, don't get in line. You know, we're at potlucks and get in line. You know, the last shall be first. So I'll hop in last. You know, like we say that jokingly. But in reality, that is the spirit that we live in so often is we have this humility because we know that in the end, that humility really makes us more important, which is the antithesis of humility in the end. You know, I mean, we, we say that jokingly. And so I love the way you described it. And so I, I want to relate it back to within the Christian tradition, St. Francis. Uh, you know, Francis was, uh, we love to make Francis a progressive person now. And in, and in lots of ways, he, he is wildly progressive. However, um, conservative Christians and progressive Christians all claim Francis. And so I won't claim to say that he was some like, you know, uh, intensely leftist. Um, however, the way that he viewed creation and, and us being a part of everything that is and the way that he personified, um, uh, you know, my favorite hymn is, uh, well, one of my favorite hymns is All Creatures of Our God and King, which came from his writing or his poem, The Canticle of the Sun. And, and he, he names Mother Earth and Sister Wind and Brother, Brother Sun and Sister Moon and, uh, you know, he, he, there's a lovely legend of him talking to a fox that was terrifying, uh, you know, terrifying this neighborhood. And he, he put himself in, in the universe as a piece and he knew his place. 
as a part of this environment that he lived in, as a part of the world, as a part of nature, and as a part of his community of, of other fellow human beings. And that, that is, that is true humility. Not that he was less than, but that he recognized his place and he didn't strive for another place, whether that be a place that's less or a place that's more. I think true humility is recognizing our place in the universe, in creation, not just in our circle of of society. And so it it, it expands. And that, that actually, it's very interesting because that flashes me back to my, uh, when I was, when I was just starting on my walkabout, and I was getting my tattoo as my dedication to Grandmother Spider. Uh, when I went into my vision, of when I was getting that tattoo, uh, she showed me this huge web inside of a well. And, you know, I was in tears because she had sent somebody to support me during the pod, during the, uh, the process of um, getting the tattoo. And it had been the perfect person, you know, somebody who weaved and then, you know, spun her own thread, weaved her own cloth. And I mean, just the whole nine yards. Right. And I was just like, ah, I was just in tears. Thank you. Thank you. you know, thank you for deeming me worthy. And she knocked me across the room and was like, what are you talking about worthy? Come over here. And she showed me this web and she said, you see that thread that, that, that one strand that's fraying. And I said, yes, she said, I shored up because it needs shoring up, not because it's worthy, but because it's part of the whole and, and you take care of the entire web, right? And everything is interconnected. And, and I never want to hear the word worthy come out of your mouth ever again, because that's not what it's about. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Right. <laughs> you know, my, my guides are a little bit more aggressive or they used to be, <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you take the name Sparta, you know, <laughs> Right. Um, but it, it reminded me of that. It's that knowing your place is like, oh, that's my strand right there. You know, I, I see that strand. That's my strand. And I needed shoring up today. So I, I got somebody to shore me up. OK, great. But these are the things that we we think, you know, in our 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 hubris, we think that we need to be more important more, you know, whatever. And I, I see this a lot in people coming into their awareness and spiritual awakenings and stuff where they're like, I have a mission to, to save the world in some way or to up level the planet or whatever. Right. And you might, don't get me wrong. That might be your place, but your place could also just be to do this piece over here. And you're one piece in a huge machine of people who are bringing the planet to another level of consciousness. And so, you know, one of the biggest things I see is that they get like freaked out by the fact that it's such a big task and they think they have to do it all by themselves. And it's like, look, yes, this is your mission, but you don't have to do it all by yourself. I know you've, your life has been about doing things all by yourself and not getting any help and the help you get sucks. I get it. That was my life too for a long time. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like that right? So sometimes we just do our piece and then other people do their piece and other people do their piece and the whole cog of the machine just moves everything up. And that's, I mean, we're experiencing that now. And that's why there's such pushback, right? It's because it's actually up leveling. And so the powers that be are pushing back because yeah, we can't have that, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't be pushing back if it wasn't working, right? 
So, you know, these are the things that we have to keep in mind as we're going through this. And this has been such a wide ranging conversation. <laughs> well, then, that, I think this is a good place to put a pin in this conversation. And, uh, and, and we'll be back for, for the, the rest of the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues now that we're going to balance them with. So uh, I'll have to change the title of the episode. <laughs> I love that. So, okay. So at the end of these uh, episodes, Joey, who was my podcast host here up until recently, used to ask me for a Kellyism, which was a, a little way to wrap up the episode with just a, a single thought. So I didn't warn you about this. So I'm talking a lot right now so that you'll have an opportunity to think about it. But uh, I'm going to ask you to do that final wrap up thought at the end, the little, you know, put a pin in it moment for everything we've discussed here. I love the image of true humility is knowing our place. And that while pride inherently isn't bad, and humility inherently isn't bad, you know, I really, Everything in life is about what we do with it. And so I think that uh, pride and humility at the root is knowing our place and knowing uh, the place of, of, of all around us. And so um, I'm coming back to knowing that, that we are a part of the divine that is everything, uh, the, the divine that is you. Kelly and and the divine that is my neighbor that ticks me off and the divine that is the cashier that will check me out when I go to the grocery. Um, I'm a part of the divine that is everything and that it is not prideful or humble for me to make myself less or more than exactly where I am in this moment and and in that interconnected web uh, that that I am just a thread in. Um, that is that is what we are intended to be and and the sin and harm is when we, make ourselves more or less uh, than those around us. So I, I would I would add one little piece to this, which because um, knowing our place has a, a, a connotation for me that is like, mm, just tweaks up at me. Um, so I'm going to say no, knowing the place that we belong, knowing where we belong in the world, right? Knowing where we can plug in, where we are welcomed, where we are connected and where we are at our most uh, engaged and in, involved, uh, in, in life where, where we flourish. Right. And so that's, so I, I because I want to be, I, I can't help myself. We were supposed to be closing, but I can't help myself. I want to be clear that, that this isn't about settling. It's not about settling, right? It's about, uh, optimizing your experience everywhere you are, right? It's about finding the best way to be where you are in the moment because you can't be anywhere else, right? You are where you are right now. You could be somewhere else in a moment or, you know, in a year or a day or whatever, but right now you're right here. And so for right now, what is your optimal way to engage and to be in this space and to be connected in this space and to, to be comfortable in your own skin in this space, right? That's and I would say because of our society, uh, you know, you use the word settling. I would say that we almost never would have to settle because naturally our society wants to push us down naturally organized religion wants to push us down. And so we will always need to rise to who we are to be now. 
Now we'll all shut up. Rise. Rise. There we go. We'll, we'll end on that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, this was a great conversation, Grant. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Oh, so, uh, you know, if you want to get hold of Grant, you can find him on TikTok. He is at pastor underscore G. And I highly recommend you follow him. He is amazing on there. Uh, and, you know, as always, if you want to follow up on what we're doing, uh, by the way, guys, this episode is going to be the first one that's going to actually be cross posted to to YouTube, a full episode. And so if you want to see what we look like as we had this conversation, you'll get to do that if you want to hang out over on my YouTube channel. Uh, just just search for Kelly Sparta on YouTube and you'll find me. Uh, and uh, the, you know, as always, like, rate, subscribe. You know how this goes. I don't have to tell you guys, you know. Okay. Um, and we will see you next time. And so... That's all we have for this week. Tune in next time when I share another episode on energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Kelly Sparta here with Pastor G from TikTok, Grant Merrill. And you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon. Within my car, I'm all alone. But feeling good and feeling strong knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving wondering where my spirit will I'm driving are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.